Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It has been another fun weekend of baseball, and this weekend was a little bit different. We had some huge upsets. We had a team just continue its dominating run, moving to 9-0. and And in between that, we had a couple smaller storylines that took over the news. Uh, Stabs, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm sad there's no games until, what, 6-10 tonight's the first game? Cleveland-Yankees. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a fun weekend of baseball, some very, very good matchups, some fun games to cover, um, and probably a couple game of the year candidates already. Yeah, I agree. I uh, we watched that Padres Brave series. I think that was one of the best games that I've watched so far this season. Twins looked really good against the Astros, or maybe the other way around. Astros didn't look great against the Twins. There was a great Mariners Guardian series. I'm excited to talk about it. And there were some Evan Gaddis tweets. That is fair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was I was not prepared for that. Um, so we're going to hop into that storyline real quick just because it's a little fun thing. Evan Gaddis was a catcher, middle infielder, outfielder in the early 2010s, was through the Astros, kind of finished his career on that cheating team. Won a World Series with them. And last night, I don't know if he was drunk or anything, but he went through this entire storm of basically just spilling the tea about what happened in 2020 or in 2017 with the Houston Astros. Um, I think someone had to make him upset. Something must've happened. Cause there's no way he just let like out of the blue. What, what is this now? Six years after mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, let's just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna comment on it. Like, uh, something had to happen, whether it was an Astros fault, him just kind of feeling like, he's kind of done with everything or whatever. It, it, it's definitely interesting. Yeah. There's, there's so many tweets are saying like, yeah, we pretty much knew everything that was coming towards us. There, there's a video I saw where he was facing, where the Astros are facing Kershaw in Dodger stadium. Kershaw dominated 12 strikeouts, no earned runs. And then he was basically said, he tweeted out that, yeah, we knew exactly what Kershaw was throwing. I think we only whiffed like a couple of times on breaking pitches and it was true. They whiffed once on 51 Clayton Kershaw breaking balls. Yeah. You know, a Hall of Fame pitcher with a Hall of Fame slider curveball. It's it's not any new news that the Astros cheated. It's just kind of weird that on a random Monday evening in the middle of April, yeah. Evan Gaddis elected to just spill all of the, like spill the beans everywhere. Um, but that's that. That'll be certainly a moment that we look back on in this baseball season be like you remember when evan gaddis yeah you remember that guy like admitted to doing peds and like being like roided up and know what signs were coming in april yeah that happened it it definitely happened and i mean i don't i literally there's no words it's just it's just hilarious because like of all the people that are going to come out and talk about it uh, evan gaddis is not the first one that i would think about he came out and he was like yeah i'm gonna like all these tweets i'm gonna reply to a bunch of them um and, and it's just fun to watch i mean the fact that he made the comment about how they whiffed once on the 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 kershaw uh curve is and he was completely accurate on it like it i mean it's just it goes to a testament on how how much the trash can and that scandal really helped the astros through that world series run you know what it, we are over it like it happened six years ago and they they won the world series they Clean their slate. They won a legit World Series, to our knowledge. <laughs> and they're struggling. Hey, you gotta so give far it. You gotta year. give it two years before another scandal breaks out. Okay. 
Okay, okay. 2024, we'll know if the Astros are clean or not. So Tom's not here with us today. He's a bit under the weather. Wish him our best. So he was supposed to have the NL today, and I was supposed to have the IL. I've taken the NL and the IL. So we're going to go NL, AL, IL. Yeah, trying to pronounce that as one word. There you go. Red got it. All right, kick it off the National League. We head down to wherever these notes are, and we go to the we go to the Braves versus the Padres, which I just mentioned. Great, great series. Game one, you got Spencer Strider on the rope. You got Quadzilla. He's looking really good. He makes a mistake pitch to Matt Carpenter. You remember like the the Babe Ruth guy uh, from the Yankees last year? Yeah, he's still good. And he hits a three-run bomb. It's an early candidate for game of the year. Orlando Arcia comes back in the ninth inning and he hits a line drive into shallow center field. And the Braves win it. The Braves walk off the San Diego Padres seven to six. Game two, kind of just a mid-game. Padres win it five to four. Uh, I believe the Braves threw one of their rookies this game. I think it was Dodd. Was this Dodd? Where's the game? Mike been Schuster. No, yeah, this was Schuster game through his Dodd. Dodd yes. had a dud in game three as Michael Walker has a legacy game, striking out 10. Juan Soto hits his, has his first career multi-hit game ever. Uh, he'd been struggling in the early part of the season. Saw kind of an emergence there. Hits a home run. Padres went 4-1. to one. Final game, Seth Lugo shows he can be a viable starter. They better keep him in that rotation, maybe move a Nick Martinez into the bullpen. When Joe Musgrove, who is set to come back this week, Comes back in the rotation. Seth Lugo pitches well. Nelson Cruz drives in six. It's great to be out of DC. The Padres win ten to two and take the series three to one. Stevs, what are your thoughts? That was a good series. Again, like we said, like game that game one was probably a game of the year uh, candidate. Orlando Garcia is filling the role of shortstop very, very nicely, especially from an offensive standpoint. Um, I mean, he's really what they need, um, and, and it gives Von Grissom a little more time to develop and and kind of really hone his craft. Uh, like I said, game two, not anything special. I believe that was the Apple TV game, so I could not watch it, which MLB at its finest, but, you know, we digress. Um, Soto, again, has had a rough start to the season, um, but he's going to turn it around. It's Juan Soto. Like, he's he made – he did – I was looking over some things, and he made a lot of tweaks to his, uh, his stance between last season and this season. He's a lot more kind of where he wants to be opposed to where he started from last year. He's right where kind of he wants to be. He's a lot more turned in. Um, so he's kind of going to create that power. Um, so, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I, I think it's going to take some time for him to adjust. And I think, again, he's still, he's going to get, he's getting attacked a little more than he was used to in Washington because for the past season, for, for a whole season, he was not getting attacked because he was the only guy in Washington. They had Josh Bell who they kind of, tried to work around Soto to get to him, even though Bell could punish you just as much. But now he has guys like Manny Machado when Tatis comes back. Then you have Nelson Cruz, who's having a resurgence, John, or uh, Cronenworth. You have guys around him that are going to be special. I even forgot Xander Bogarts, right? Um, and then I, I hate Nelson Cruz. He's he's terrible. Uh, Padres prove that they're, like, they're a legit team, right? They are. And we, we knew this. This wasn't some like some fabrication of our imagination. Like the Padres are a solid team, but you can't look too far into this and be upset with the Braves for this. The Braves have a good starting rotation, and they are missing their one and three right now. They're missing Kyle Wright, who makes his first start tonight on Tuesday, and they're missing Max Fried, who's on the ten day or the fifteen day IL. Yeah, and you throw Bryce Elder, 
for Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster versus the second best team in the National League, this is what happens. Like, I mean, yeah. The Padres have a good offense, and it showed up. It did. Um, and I, I made that I made that comment on the TikTok that the I was the the Braves had a rocky pitching staff. That's that was my comment. Right. I'm not saying that they are terrible, like like top to bottom, they're they're like good and low. I'm saying I'm worried about the injuries, is what I meant by that. And someone had commented on that. Um, but I'm worried about the injuries, which has already bit them. Like uh Freed's already out and uh what Rizal Iglesias is out in the bullpen. Like I had looked and seven guys were hurt like three of which were on the 60 day IL. So, and, and yeah, for the first week of the season, Schuster came up and, and filled the role. Elder did pretty good. Um, so, so they came up and they kind of pushed you through to the next game trying to help, but it's, it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I think it, when they're fully healthy, if they pace this Padres team in uh, what, in September, October, it's going to be a much different series. I agree. I think it's also like they're what eleven games into the season, yeah. and Nick Anderson's already thrown five innings. Kirby Yates gets used every night, so their bullpen stretch. Then the Braves will be fine. Moving on yeah. to a series that I was a bit frustrated with: the Diamondbacks <laughs> and Los Angeles Dodgers. Game one, Dustin May goes six strong innings again. He looks fantastic. I don't know where this was last year, and I don't care where it was because it's here right now. Alex Rescia continues to suck. He's this year's Phil Bickford. Merrill Kelly struggled for command. Dodgers win at 5-2. to two. Game two, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Stevs is writing in the document, top 10 pitch. Oh, yeah. So Clayton Kershaw struggled, or not great, Bob. And he was, you know, doing his, like, very long, like, leg up, leg down stride. And he did, like, this jagged step. And he proceeded to, like, step down and just launch the ball at a whopping 66 miles an hour. James Altman, otherwise known as Babe Ruth, goes deep again. The bum, Gardner, walks six. Evan Longoria and Corbin Carroll both hit bombs off of Clayton Kershaw. The Diamondbacks won at six to three. Game three, however, Noah Syndergaard just forgets how to be effective. Uh, Looking like his 2022 self, six earned runs and four innings pitched. James Altman hits another bomb. Freddie Freeman has four hits. And the Diamondbacks offense just fires on all cylinders as they win 12 to eight. And that didn't slow down in game four because the Diamondbacks scored nine off of Michael Grove in three and a third innings pitch. J.D. Martinez, you know, had a triple and a double. Like to see that back going a little bit more. Every Diamondback gets a hit. Diamondbacks win the series three to one as they win 11 to six. It was was a rough series for you, Brad. Um, In that, uh, what, the Longoria and Carroll back-to-back shots, uh, when Longoria made his debut, I I think Carroll was seventh. So that I believe right, yeah. that, that, that that's that's the post I saw. So that's just cool. Like Longoria and and like Carol grew up watching Longoria play. Probably not the person you're idolizing, but went up and you watched Longoria play, right? Um, Noah Syndergaard back in free form. Um, I don't know. The Diamondbacks are a fun team. They're top of the the NL West right now. A um, lot of lot of inner um, inner division play um, out in the NL West though to start the season. Um, it was a good series, uh, top to bottom, uh, that Kershaw pitch. Do you, do we know why he did that? Do you just like, I like, think he had it done it been before. A, it could have been done like something similar thing. Like he's done something similar before, like a quick pitch. I just think he was a little off balance okay. when he did it. That's all I'll go with. I genuinely don't know. Um, Dodgers yeah. offense looked okay. It was there. Outman, Outman, Outman looks like the real deal. 
He really he's obviously, does. yeah, he's not going to have a 1.2 OPS. We know this. He'll fall back to earth at some point. But just yeah. this is, you hear me over the offseason saying, why wasn't Outman up? Why wasn't Outman up? This is why I'm saying, why wasn't Outman up? The dude just performs. He's, again, he is not a generational talent that we, no, we don't know that he might be. Maybe he will be, but he's not mm-hmm. right now. We just wanted competency, and that's what he's providing. Yes. Diamondbacks, their offense is going great. Corbin Carroll looks fantastic. Their starting pitching is a bit shaky, but when they can hit like this, they're a very effective team, and that's what we saw this series. I think they're playing the Brewers right now, and I think this is going to be like their first, like, kind of, excuse me, kind of test in the sense that it's their first real out-of-division look. And I'm curious to see when we talk about this on Thursday and Friday what the series turned out to be. Moving on to the Phillies and Reds, game one is Hunter Green. I had that one on. I was watching. He strikes out the first, and I'm excited. I'm like, all right, Hunter Green, 15K is incoming. He loses his command completely. Um, he only strikes out five over four and two-thirds. JT Romuto and Amanda Sosa. Uh, he, the game's closed, but late in the game, they get to the Reds' bullpen. Phillies win game one, five to two. Nick Lodolo takes over this Hunter Green start that was supposed to happen, has the most dominating outing of the weekend. Seven innings pitched, three hits, two walks, 12 strikeouts, and no earned runs. But the Reds didn't take this game out of proportion like it was supposed to. Phillies walk it off in the ninth as the Red blow, Reds bullpen blows it again. Phillies win 3-2. to two. Game 3, Taiwan Walker walks 5 for the Phillies, but he only allows 2 runs. Jake Fraley has a bases-clearing double. Sir Anthony Dominguez struggles again. Reds win 6-4, to four, but the Phillies take the series 2-1. to one. Big takeaway I, mean, I have from this series is Nick Lodolo. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a fair. Um, Nick Lodolo is looking like an all-star so far. Um, He's definitely he he. I think as of right now, I think he would definitely be in that conversation. Obviously, it's two weeks into the season, week and a half into the season, so still need you know the next three four months to actually see how that plays out. But um, my big takeaway from this series is that each game was honestly pretty close. Like the Phillies didn't really run away with any of these games. They're two out of the three games that they did win. So, I mean, the Reds are looking fun, um, and they're definitely going to be back in the playoff contention probably sooner than we think, not saying this year, not saying this year, but, you know, see two, three years from now, and when they have some of those, like, Noel Ve Marte, he comes up, um, plus Odolo's kind of entering his prime, Green's entering his prime, uh, who's the other? Graham Ashcraft. Ashcraft is entering his prime, right? When all those things are going to click at the right time for the Reds, it's going to be fun to watch in Cincinnati. Yeah, and on the other side of the coin, the Phillies do not look good right now. They really don't. No. Um, the, the bullpen I, does not look good. The bullpen's really rough. Starting pitching's been okay. It hasn't yeah. been spectacular, but then again, yeah. you were facing the Reds, not a great American. Yeah. So I think 2024, 2025, Reds make you know the NLDS. You got to mm-hmm. deal with Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft for a three-game series. That's not fun. That's not even fun no. right now. Needless to say, in two years when these guys have experience. Next series, Mets Marlins. We do have some Cy Young winners or possible Cy Young contenders throw in the series, uh, mainly Kodai Senga. But game one, Edward Cabrera throws two and two thirds innings pitched of no hit baseball. He walks seven. Garrett Cooper hits a three run bomb in the eighth, but Alonzo mashes. McGill shuts down the Marlins, and the Mets win nine to three. Game two, Trevor Rogers gets hit around again. Only three earned runs in four and two thirds, but it's not his 2021 form. Marlins get uh, run over by Kodai Senga, who allows one earned over six innings pitch. 
He had eight strikeouts, and every single one of those strikeouts was on the ghost fork. Pete Alonso hits another bomb, and the Mets win 5-2. to two. Game three, however, Carlos Carrasco is rough again. This is not good. Uh, Scherzer's shaky. Verlander's out. Carlos Carrasco kind of needs to step up and be a quality number two, and he hasn't been that. He's been the opposite. He's been a crappy number five. Uh, Brian De La Cruz, one of our big breakout candidates. His first inning bomb, Garrett Cooper goes deep. Marlins win 7-2 to two to salvage the series, but the Mets win the series 2-1. to one. I mean... I don't know. I mean, the Mets, this is a series the Mets should at least win two out of three, and they, they swept, right? Um, Kodai Senga looks very good. They took two out of three. Am I misreading? Oh, yeah, I misread. I met, I read Mets, Mets win series two out of one. Sorry. Um, but again, they, they did take two out of three. This is a series they should win. Um, I I don't, again, the, the – I don't like the Marlins, and I don't like how they're constructed. The defense is very, very rocky so far. Jazz, Ch- Jazz Chisling Jazz. does not look that good in the outfield. Like he makes the routine plays, and that's what he doesn't needs look to do. good at the plate either. He does not look good at the plate. I'm trying to. I suppose trying to pull up on baseball savant. Um, they it, it's just it's just not it's not looking good for him. I right, I got you at for all. baseball savant right now. I mean, outs uh, above. I got outs. I got I got all their outs above average right now. He's got a 33% strikeout rate. He is walking a little bit, which is good to see. It's just there's no hard hit there. He's not barreling the ball that much. He's kind of hitting the ball right into the ground. The speed, the speed's there. We never doubted that. No. But just nothing else is succeeding right now. I don't think there's too much to take away from this series besides the Mets beat a team that they were supposed to. Yeah, and Kodai Sango looked pretty good. I mean, yeah. it. we said before, Seth and I were talking settled in and that's yeah Stevs and i were talking before the episode and he seemed like he's legit kodai sank is really good again the mets will be solid once they get scherzer verlander sanka going it's just are they ever going to be firing on all cylinders like all three of them i mean when scherzer pitch next the yesterday he pitched yesterday how did he yeah. do uh know. he allowed no earned runs over five and a third he didn't look that's great but it was against the Padres, so you know what? We'll take it. It's and a, then yeah, moving on to what I think was the most impactful series of the weekend, the Brewers versus the Cardinals, right? The Cardinals, who a lot of people had coming into the season as the NL Central favorite, and you had Brad, who had the Brewers. And game one, we go Brandon Rogers on the mound. Brad Cy Young, number three or four. Got some weird looks for that one, too. Five and a third innings pitch of no earned baseball, no earned run baseball. The Contreras brothers finally get to face off mono I mono to begin their NL Central rivalry. I really like that. It's just small things in baseball like that that keep me entertained. Jack Flaherty only allows two runs again, but he walks six. He has no command. Willie Adamas goes deep. Brewers win it four to zero. Game two, Eric Lauer bump day, baby. Yeah, he allowed six. Uh, it did not go great for him. <laughs> Nolan Arenado hit his three. <laughs> I was just like, die, okay. Uh, Nolan Arenado hits his 300th home run. Jordan Montgomery absolutely deals. He looks great. He's the only bright spot in that rotation right now. Uh, seven innings pitched, nine strikeouts. Cardinals win it six to zero. And then game three, Freddie Peralta's back. That 2021 breakout we saw, he's back. He strikes out seven and six innings pitched. Cardinals really can't square up much. Willie Adamas hits, gets three hits, seven total bases. Sign that guy if you can. Cardinals pitching is rough again. Brewers take the series 2-1 as they win 6-1. to one. Go Brew Crew. I mean, yeah. Again, the only the only game they lost is is Brad, uh, Brad's uh, Cy Young candidate, Eric Lauer. So, like, 
Not candidate, Cy Young no. draft recipient. Okay. Still, you think he, he's going to get some votes. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't know. Uh, one big thing that is not on here is is Jordan Walker's a 10-game hit streak mm-hmm. to start the season and start his career. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, he's 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 also pretty good. So our our NL uh, rookie of the years are both both looking good. Um, for all three of us, um, Brandon Woodruff looks very good. Unlike Corbin Burns through his first couple starts of the season, again Adamas looks very good. If Flaherty can control his pitches, mm-hmm. he is their ace right now. But he just he literally that's what he's supposed pitches. to be. He can't control his pitches. How yeah. how how six walks. Didn't he throw like a like a no hitter, but walk like yeah five walk or something seven. the other day? Walk seven. It was his first yeah. outing of the season. Like I don't. You the just Cardinals need, are in a bad I spot. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to put it through his head. You gotta 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 control. Control is the number one most important thing. I mean, I guess he's not he's not missing in the zone. He's missing out of the zone. I guess, mm-hmm. which I guess isn't the worst place to miss if you're gonna miss. But yes. I mean, like that, that's, you can't do anything when the ball's not even put in play. Exactly. There's there, giving free bases is the worst thing you can do as a pitcher, and he's giving up seven and six. And All right. I have a question for you. Yeah. It is July thirty first. Okay. Is Tyler O'Neill still on the Cardinals in exchange for a starting pitcher? Who's the starting pitcher? What caliber? Right. Like a uh, number two that would be a free agent after this year or next year. Think like Luis Castillo last year. I would say no. You'd have to you you need somebody, and Jordan Montgomery, I guess for right now is filling that role. You mm-hmm. need somebody that can come in and give you a solid six to seven innings pitched without much hassle. And. Uh, Wainwright, don't know with him and his injuries how he's going to play. Uh, Flaherty, his command's a major issue. Michaelis hasn't looked amazing through his first couple starts this season. I think he pitches today. Um, in Colorado, though, which is very, very worrying. And then you got Jordan Montgomery. I don't even know who their five is right now off the top of my head, but Jake Woodford. <laughs> okay. Um, Jordan, so Jordan Montgomery is, is, is your guy right now. And of those four names I just listed, he should not be your guy. He should agree. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery is a quality number two guy. He's a free agent after this season. So maybe like that'll help them here, but yeah. you're not going to win series with a one, one man rotation. You got to no. play other games. You had a perfect transition. You mentioned that the Cardinals can be at the Rockies during the weekday series. And right now, or over the weekend, the nationals, your team went into Colorado and they split the series game one. Rockies win 1-0 in Colorado. That's crazy. Josiah Gray looks really solid. Uh, he goes six innings pitched, eight hits, one earned run, six strikeouts. Kyle Freeland throws six and two-thirds, allowing no runs on four hits and five strikeouts. There's an earned run on a f- drop fly ball by Lane Thomas. They got lost in the sun. It was ruled a hit. Technically, it is a hit because it didn't hit the glove. And a single by Chris Bryant. I know I know it is, but it's yeah. so infuriating. It's a stat cast error. That's because, what I call them because it's it's not an earned run because there's nothing you're gonna do about it, but it, it's an earned run and he gets the loss for it. he's 0-2 on the season. Yeah, 
I think we talked about this and we'll dive into it in a moment. I'll talk, we'll talk about like Josiah Gray's pitch usage. Yeah. Uh, Cause we did have a really good conversation about that when that game was going on game two nationals take it 10 to five as Jimer Candelaria goes back to back and Adam call or what's his name? What's calls for his name? Stashy the Nats fan. How do I not know this? It's not Adam. I know it's not Adam. What? Where's uh, the thing? Stabs. Call. Call. Alex Call. Alex Call. Okay, I was close. God. Okay, Alex Call and Jimer Candelaria go back to back to start the game. They add two more in the second on a walk and sack fly. CJ Abrams has two triples, one hard hit ball at 104 or 101.4 and 107. Jose Urania sucks. Mackenzie Gore six, tosses six, five hits, two earned runs, first home run allowed of the season, and he uh, has six strikeouts. Kyle Finnegan, in all caps, gets a save. Uh, this is a big development for Washington Nationals fans as they uh, know what happened last week when he blew a big lead <laughs> against the Tampa Bay Rays. Game three, the Nationals win again, seven to six. Stone Garrett shows up. He, he Five to four, show five to four with bomb. What does four that mean? Five. Four, oh, for five. four for five. Four for five. Sorry, I was writing those fast because of Tom. You're good. Three run bomb, two run single. Trevor Williams tosses five and a third, five hits, two runs, four strikeouts. They try to blow the game. I actually tuned it in to watch them blow it, but Carl Edward Jr.'s like saving grace barely saves it. Game four, final game of the series. Chad Cool is pretty cool in his return, but he's really not because he's kind of like cold. He allows five earned runs and five innings pitch. Uh, Erasmus Ramirez flounders, giving up three and two thirds innings pitch. Hobie Harris looks good though, and hand laments Lawrence and Johnson clean clean up and keep Nat scoreless. That's the the rest of the bullpen that didn't. Uh, Comments, commas. Yeah. Okay. Um, I did not add commas. Okay. I was writing. <laughs> okay. It's fine. You understand. The Rockies and Nats split the series. Actually. Yeah. That's that's what the series. It was, I mean, honestly, it's not, it wasn't a bad series. Trevor Williams didn't look awful in his outing. Chad Cool didn't look very good. But again, it's Chad Cool against the Rockies in Colorado. He didn't look very good in Colorado last year when he played for the Rockies. Um, honestly, the big thing is, is, the the Rockies bullpen in Game Four looked very good. Um, outside of uh, whoever came out after Feltner, I don't even remember. I didn't write it down. Um, he he gave up two. Um, Feltner looked Feltner looked pretty good. Um, his command was a little off. That was a big thing. Um, but the big thing for the Nationals going forward is 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 the young guys. How do that that is that is the most important thing. How do they perform on a day to day basis? And you saw uh abrams in game two he had a he had a two triple game he hit the ball 101.4 and 107 like those are good hard hit balls with good contact um alice call looks really good candelaria is going to go out his do his thing josiah gray six innings six six innings pitched eight hits one and run six case important piece in cores no home runs allowed he's he is a much better pitcher I, I was looking at stats he's a much better pitcher away than he is at home as a national mm-hmm. um gore looked very good uh he gave his first home run of the season again it, it, it's about the young guys that's all that matters right now for the washington nationals organization and it looked pretty good uh in the farm those guys look pretty good too i think uh brady house hit a bomb elijah green hit a walk off like those are the most important pieces you split a series with the rockies the rockies are terrible you're also terrible. You're in the same breath as the Detroit Tigers and the Oakland Athletics. Not a good breath to be in. But, you know, the guys are looking good so far. Um, I think the Nationals, really like they're, 
they are in the same spot as in what we look at them right now, but they're in a much better spot than the Rockies. The young kids are up and playing. The one thing I really want to break down from the series is Josiah Gray's start. So we talked about this when it happened. And in his first start, he was mixing the slider in the zone. It wasn't very effective. He was getting hit around the yard. He tried to use his fastball up, especially a lot last year. And to my grievance, I was saying, why aren't you throwing the cutter? It's your best pitch. We go into Colorado. Josiah Gray has, if you're looking at it like a baseball, he has a very backspin baseball, right? So you're going to get a little bit of vertical rise to it. He doesn't have great, the ball doesn't actually rise or resist the force of gravity, but ball's not going to move too much horizontally. So if you think about that, if you put it on the corners, it's going to be a little bit straight. So you're going to have to work vertically with that, right? Josiah Gray works the slider towards the bottom of the zone, fastball top of the zone. You can easily differentiate which pitch is which. And that's kind of what people have been able to do. They've been punishing this fastball, which is a decent fastball, but they've been punishing it for two years now. Last year, he led major league led major leagues in home runs on fastballs, I believe. Yep. And we go into Colorado, and what's he do, doing? He's working the fastball at the bottom of the zone. So what this does is it's not going to generate a lot of whiffs. When you think about a fastball, you know, if you expect a normal fastball, it's going to drop below the zone. When you have a fastball that rises, gives that illusion of rising. It's, you're going to get called strikes at the bottom of the strike zone. And that's what he was doing. He was setting up the fastball low in the bottom of the zone at the beginning of counts, and he'd expand the zone with that slider, and he was getting a ton of swing and misses at the bottom of the zone. This is a recipe for success for him, and I hope he does continue that. Because if you can mix fastball at the bottom of the zone and slider that drops out of the zone, you're going to get hitters to actually start guessing, something like Nick Lodolo was doing. You're working that fastball up in the zone. You either got to throw your slider in the strike zone, curveball in the strike zone, which is fine. If you can get a quality curveball as a get-me-over strike and mix a fastball above the zone, you'll succeed. But where Josiah Gray was messing up is he's throwing it in the upper two-thirds of the zone without anything in the strike zone besides that. So we get the cutter to play on the edges, fastball, and off-seat at the bottom of the zone. There might be a breakout right here. Yeah, Um, and that's what was working in spring training. He was working that. But for whatever reason, in game one, I think it, it probably was jitters. It was just coming out, and he just he didn't have his stuff that day, right? Sometimes you just don't have your stuff. So no big deal. Go to the next game. Next game, you give up. He gave up one run on no home runs in cores. That's it, it's impressive for a guy that's given up the most home runs last season in baseball. No home yeah. runs in cores is, is is pretty impressive because we're all shaking in our boots about how Josiah Gray is going to pitch in cores after giving up three home runs to the Braves in, in Washington, right? So it, it's 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 fun to see these guys play, and it's fun to hear, like, how the pitch mix. Like, we give so much crap to Jim Hickey, but he he is working with these guys, and you're you're seeing improvements. You are. Because, um, what, he worked, he worked with the Rays from, I think, 07 to 17, worked with the Cubs in 18, and then I think he came to Washington in 21, if I remember right, that properly, right? So he's he's been with other ball clubs. Not as six probably wasn't super successful during the ten years. I I don't know when did the Rays win. The Rays when made a, the Rays made in the postseason. Oh, they made the World made Series. They made the World Series in 08. So again, he was a part of that, right? So it's he's been in the league. He's been in it through his fair share of teams. So he knows what he's doing. Not ideal, not analytic, probably based like most Nats fans want the Nats to kind of move towards. But there is there is improvements you're seeing. Josiah Gray is working on it. He's not perfect, but he's also 25. And I don't know that off the top of my head. But it's a, that's, yeah. It's about it. He he's young. He's got time. 
and you're seeing improvements day by day. Yeah, I think I want him to go out. Who are the Nats playing this week? Angels. He play, He he faces Otani tonight. I want to see him go out there and challenge Otani and Trout with that same pitch mix. I want to see him work the fastball in the bottom of the zone and the slider below the zone. If it succeeds, you have a recipe. Okay. All I'm saying is Patrick Corbin struck <laughs> out Trout and Otani. If Patrick Corbin can strike out Trout and Otani, Josiah Gray should be able to. Not the same. Not the same. But should be able to. I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to watch this game tonight. Um, I stayed up for a large majority of last night's game, but I had to go to bed because I had uh, um, I had a class this morning. But, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch him in L.A. Um, and and, and I, it, yesterday was a really good game. Um, but we'll cover that on Thursday. Yeah, can you kick us off with the AL? Okay, okay. Yankees-Orioles, first game we're going to cover. Game one, 7-6 O's. Arias, homers late in the game. Give the Orioles the lead um, and then scored on a wild pitch later in that inning. And he started a crucial double play to save the game. Outside of that, there's really no headlines. Um, That was really out of the world. Uh, In game two, though, Yankees take it 4-1. Santander provides the only offense for the O's on a sack fly in the first. The rest is all Yankees. A Hicks, uh... I don't even know what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> a hit single is what I was going to say. A DJ double, a judge sack fly, a Stan home run caps off that the four to one win. Uh, Cole Irvin looks pretty terrible. Finagle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a Hicks finagle. <laughs> okay. Hicks single in the fourth. That's what I meant to say. Uh, but Cole or- Irvin does not look very good. He gives up five over three innings. Um, or gives up what five is up gives three? up three. Yeah, he gives up three. God, I need to double check my notes. Uh, he gives up three over four and two thirds. Didn't look very good. Um, but again, he's just coming from Oakland and the Orioles are still tinkering with him. Um, and then in game three is five to three Yankees, a Stanton single, a judge two run bomb, and a Cordero bomb gives the Yankees all they need to win this game. Um, Cador. Uh, Franchi Cordero had a incredible spring with the Orioles and he didn't make the roster for some reason. Um, so he went out to New York and ends up punishing them. Uh, Rushman bombs and Santander doubles, um, gives the O's their only runs. Uh, Nasty Nestor goes five and a third. Um, and he had to darken the 44 on his glove because of the Orioles complaining that it was white and therefore they could not see the ball, which I can see the complaint, but like Dude, it's like a 44 that you can barely see for like half a second. Like, I don't know. What are you uh, thinking? So you said like for some reason they dropped Cordero. The reason I was watching the game, I think it was game two I was watching. And the reason that they brought up was that the Orioles wanted to have more variety. They wanted to have, they didn't want to go like just a platoon first baseman. They wanted to have more flexibility on their bench. So that's why they DFA'd him. And I can see that, and you're not really trying to make the playoffs quite yet. You still have some time, so I understand it. But, like, when the guy batted, like, 400 this uh, this spring training, and, like, he's definitely a guy that could come out and help you. So I probably would have taken him and probably tried to flip him at the deadline or something if, if you're not making it. I don't think Franchi Cordero is the player that makes or breaks you getting into the postseason. I mean, that's fair, but he's – I mean, he went out and he kind of – kind of stuck it to to them is kind of what i'm trying to say i mean outside of that i don't really I mean, rushman's good judge is good santander's good 
the Yankees beat up on a team they really should beat up on. I'm saying they beat them up. Uh, they didn't beat them up. They beat them. I yeah. I was going to say, they won by two runs and three runs, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a good series. What happens in Cleveland? In Cleveland? Mariners and Guardians is gives us some of the best games this season so far. So Mariners went take game one, five to three. J-Rod homers and bomb six, breaking the three, three tie, giving the Mariners that lead. Logan Gilbert tosses four, giving up three over that time. Mariners, Mariners bullpen locks down. It does not allow a run for the rest of the game. That is important for later. Uh, game two, Mariners take that one, three to two. Mariners get the party started in the first with the Suarez and Kelnick single. Jared Kelnick looks very good to start off the season. Uh, Suarez adds another uh, an inning later. Guardians try to mount a comeback in the fifth and seventh, but to no avail. Uh, and again, the Mariners bullpen looks very good, only giving up one, which was Festa, over three and a third innings. In game three, seven six Guardians. Mariners Guardians, like I said, created some of the best games this season, and this was one of them. Uh, Dumper hits a bomb. Uh, J Ram then hits a sack fly. Uh, that was it. That was it. It was a one one game until the ninth. And then Lestella grounds out, scoring a run. Brennan doubles to tie it back up. Then Kalnick doubles, and Wong hits a sack fly in the 11th. Jimenez and, and Brennan respond with a double and single, respectively. Hernandez singles, giving the Mariners the lead in the 12th. Then we head to the bottom of the 12th. Naylor grounds out, scoring a run. And former Washington National Josh Bell hits a ball absolutely to the moon. No, it's just like literally directly into the ground, and somehow Jose Ramirez scored on it. Um Kirby and Plezak both pitched phenomenally. Uh, Kirby pitched six innings, gave up five hits, one and run, four Ks. Plezak pitched seven innings, uh, five hits, two earned runs, one walk, and six Ks. That does not make sense. I think these two teams are very even. If I had to like just yes. look context independent, like how they've played so far, in a power ranking, I think they would be back-to-back. Yeah, 100%. Like these teams, like again, like I said, some of the best games so far this season. And do they, when do they, is this, is this it? Like, no, they, they have one other series. Okay. Uh, like, I, I need, I need another Mariners guardian series like tomorrow. But again, I agree. Like these teams are, are about on the same, in the same stratosphere, right? Like it, it it's going to be fun to watch when the postseason rolls around and we see the Mariners and guardians play. Cause they're most likely going to play each other again. Um, I'm a, again, I'm going to assume Mariners correct course guardians end up winning. And the Angels falter like they have been faltering, um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun to watch as the season progresses and we see these two teams play. They are literally like the exact same team, yeah. not not like not like physically the exact same team, but like in terms of how they're playing so far this season, they're the exact same team. Yeah, I like both of these teams. I think that the Guardians and the Mariners both stand a very fair chance to win their division. In all honesty, I think. Starting pitching wise, right? I don't know. They're 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 very similar teams. They're very the, similar. The teams. style of play is a little bit different. Where the Mariners yeah. are gonna have a bit more pop, Guardians are gonna be a bit more contact oriented, but they both play to those. Well, I mean, they went out and got pop and, and Josh Bell and he just literally hit the ball directly into the ground to try and walk off the game. Um and I definitely agree. The Mariners definitely have a shot to win, especially with how how slow of a start the Astros are having both them and the angels and even the Rangers have a shot right now at, at the title. Right. (laughs) Um, 
they both have a have a not the title at 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 the NL West. Um, will they course correct? Probably. Uh, will everything get back on track? Again, 162 games. We are taking a week and a half sample size. It's a long season ahead. A lot to do. Oh yeah. Um, but speaking about those Astros, they play the Twins. Um, and uh, they lose the series. Uh, two out of three. Um, but game one, three to three two game. Twins take that one. Bregman singled in the third. Solano scores on a wild pitch in the sixth. Uh, Dubon singles in the top of the first. Miranda and Farmer team up to walk it off for the Twins in the bottom of the tenth. Sonny Gray was on a mission in this game. He only gives up one run on four hits, one walk. He had 13 Ks over seven. Uh, Acridi gives up one on seven hits, one walk, six Ks over five and a third. Sonny Gray looked very good in this start. Um, but in game two, nine to six Twins. Farmer picks up where he left off with a three-run bomb to start. Uh, Larnick singles as well. Alvarez ties it with a grand slam um, a half inning later. Top 10 catcher in baseball, Christian Vasquez, drives in one in the sixth and one in the eighth to extend the lead. Buxton adds some insurance uh, later that inning. Luis Garcia looked rocky, giving up four on six hits, three walks, four Ks, four over four innings. Uh, and Joe Ryan looked a little better, giving up four hits, or giving up four on three hits, one walk, 10 Ks over six. But the Astros, again, will not get swept. Take game three, five to one. Uh, Twins only run scored on a Donovan Solano double. Uh, McCormick accounts for four out of the five runs that the Astros scored. And Hunter Brown looked very good in, in this start. Uh, he goes seven, two hits, two walks, seven Ks, zero earned runs. That's an important piece. Um, this series, even though the Twins won it, the Astros looked pretty good in it. Um I think like they I got said, Hunter beat. Brown looked very good. They did. They did. They they didn't lose any of these games. They just got beat. The thing that I see here is Joe Ryan's start, right? I was watching that while I was at the gym and he looked fantastic until that home until that grand slam, right? You I was on the stairmaster and he loads the bases and I'm like, oh great, Jordan's up. This ball's going out. And Jordan hits a home run into that overhang in right field. And Dash hit another home run there off of uh, Tyler Molle in game three. Both of these pitchers get stung by home runs that wouldn't be home runs if it was just a normal wall. That overhang cost them. Like if you're looking at their expected ERA, Joe Joe Ryan's had a like, pretty quality season so far. 375 ERA, but only a 247 expected. Uh, that's a bit of a difference. A lot of that expected is due to the fact of that overhang. And Tyler Molle is very similar, a 409 ERA with a 224 expected. So those pitches are fun. The twins starting pitching is still fantastic. Yes, definitely is. Um, I mean, again, you this was this was a really good series as well. Um, I watched I watched game two. Um, I watched the back half of the game and watched it when it when it got into extras. Um, or not extras, but when it got later in the game. Um, it was very good. It was a very good game. Um, again, like you said, Joe Ryan looked really good. Luis Garcia looked really good. Um, the the big thing again for this twins team is going to be health. Um, and so far they're healthy and they're playing to their ceiling so far, but Buxton is always going to be a question and he's, yeah, he's their big piece. And Carlos Correa is starting off a little slower than I think they would want him to. I agree. Um, um I yeah. think, I think this is sustainable for them though. I could, if they play like and this, I could see them being a 93, 94 win team, which I think would be I, very, very good. Yeah, I could see it. But again, it's, it's the health that's, that's the. 
That's the question. Can they stay healthy? And I don't know if they can. That's the issue with me. I agree. With I, that. I, I want them to. I want them to because I would love to. I'd love to see Minnesota in the playoffs. Like we look They're right now, good. right? Sonny Gray struck out thirteen, career high. Joe Ryan strikes yep. out ten, struggles a little bit. Tyler Molly still pitched fairly well. He had some unlucky runs allowed. Kenta Maeda threw for them yesterday. He didn't look as good as he did in his Marlins start, but if you take the average of it, it's a very quality arm. And their ace, Pablo Lopez, goes tonight. So, you know, it, it looks very solid. And then there's the team that happened in the next series. Yeah. Um, this was the worst series. Um, so it was Athletics Rays, game one. Honestly, the Athletics put up some runs. They win, they they lose nine to five. Um, Ace started the scoring in the second, but a raise, the Rays immediately scored six in the bottom half of the inning. Um, and really didn't look back. Uh, Wallachuk gives up eight on eight over three. Um, and Aller cleans up nicely, going five with one run. Um, I literally have the win probability here. Like, it was literally, like, immediately Tampa Bay and never wavered into Oakland's uh, territory at all um, in this game. Game two, again, all raise, 11 nothing. Uh, Springs goes seven, three hits, three walks, seven Ks. Fujinami actually looked a lot better in this start. Um, he actually made it. He looked a lot better than his than his first start. He looked a lot better than his first start. He goes four and a third, five hits, three hit, five earned runs, three hits, four walks, one K. Um, again, needs to work on his command. 79 pitches, 40 of them were strikes. He needs to stay in the strike zone. Uh, game three, 11 nothing Rays. Rays good, A's bad. It's really what I need to talk about in this series. Yeah, the only thing, like, we'll highlight the Rays really quickly. Their starting pitching is really freaking good. Their bats yes. are really freaking good. Yes. Drew Rasmussen and Jeff, Jeffrey Springs are in the two weeks into the season Cy Young talk. Jeffrey yes. Springs is probably the Cy Young so far. And then <laughs> Shantaro Fujinami went four innings of shutout ball, only allowed one hit. When things when the command started to slip, he became vulnerable. And that's when we talked about him back in January, when the signing occurred, this is exactly what we said. The stuff is there. The command is not. And that has proven dividends in his first two starts. If he was on the Dodgers, I think he would be very, very, very good right now. But he's on the Athletics. That's not to say, okay, I am going to disagree with saying, you there. I'm not I think saying, that the control okay. is such like a fundamental issue with him as a whole. And I think the A's can fix that. I think I was, they can fix it, but it's also, I'm not saying right now. I'm saying by season's end, he'd be a lot better than he will be as being a part of the A's. I think the issue with that statement is that he is getting guaranteed innings with the Oakland Athletics. That is that is true. And that's probably why he signed with the Oakland Athletics. That's definitely why he signed with the Oakland Athletics. And um it's just but, lastly like I cooked on yeah. the A's all offseason as they deserved it. And I said that they are outdated with their development. They have shown that I was wrong. They are developing right now. Obviously, they got handled by the Rays. But there are signs of life, and they might be back before 2027. That's 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 a take. I'm trying to think if I like it or not. I don't dislike it, but I don't like it. I said 2027, Steph. That's five seasons like away. It. I don't like the athletics. They need to move to Vegas, and then I could see that. Okay. I, I don't right. like Anyways. their philosophy, but. Oh, no. 
Uh, okay, let's head to Blue Jays Angels. This was a travesty of a series if you're an Angels fan. But game one, four three Blue Jays. Trout absolutely pieces a ball. Four forty one, almost wins a fan a truck. Um, one oh nine point four off the bat, absolutely crushed. Um, other runs score on a sack fly for the, the Angels and a fielder's choice for Toronto. Um, and then in the top of the seventh, Bobichet walks up, absolute bomb. Uh, take the lead four to three. Um, don't look back when they end up winning the game. Uh, no one other than Trout or Otani had a hit. Um, I put in parentheses classic. Wasn't it they um, both had extra base hits too? They had both. Yes, they both had. I think Otani had a single and a double, and Trout had a home run. Um, Bassett looked good through six. Uh, he gives up, gives up two earned, five Ks, also had five walks. Uh, Sandoval also looked pretty decent, giving up one over six and six innings, six hits, one walk, two Ks. So honestly, it was a it was a good outing for everyone outside of anyone not named or any for the bats not named Trout or Otani. It was good. Taylor Ward even didn't really show up, and he was one of the guys again. What we said for the Angels is they need everyone outside of the top three to be mediocre. And none of them got hits. That is incredible. Anyways, game two. Angels actually won this one, 9-5. to five. Uh, Bichette picks up where he left off from the night before with a bomb. Chapman joins him, taking a 4 to nothing lead after three innings. The rest of it, though, was all Angels. Um, lineup woke up, um, scoring one in the third on a Renhefo ground out and two in the fourth on a Rendon ground out and a Renfro double. Jays do respond with Springer bomb. Springer day. The Angels, <laughs> the Angels end, end it with a Renhefo bomb and a three-run bomb by Trout in the fifth. Uh, Renfro would add some insurance in the bottom of the eighth. Um, Brad will cover uh, Tyler Anderson, uh, and Barrios is still pretty bad. Um, game three, though, again, this one, 12-11 Blue Jays. This is a very, very good game. Um, K- Kikuchi uh, gets rocked for nine hits, six earned runs, six Ks. Detmers doesn't do much better. Five innings pitch, five hits, four earned runs, five Ks. Uh, Angels get the first two, first six with a Rendon single, a Ren and Renfro single. Um, and Otani two run bomb. Uh, Ohapi solo shot in the first four innings. That was that was first four innings. That was it. Blue Jays then respond in the sixth with uh, ten runs starting in the sixth actually. Uh, 10 runs, Chapman Grand Slam, Kiermaier triple, which was two runs. Chapman, Merrifield, and Kiermaier singles, respectively. Um, and then the Angels respond back in the 8th and ninth with a jury bomb and a Rendon hit by pitch and a Renfro double. But Kiermaier doubles top of the 10th to take the lead, and Springers throws another run on top of that to add a little bit of cushion. This was cushion that would be very needed as the Angels loaded the bases uh, Trout would end up walking when then you have Shohei Otani up. The base is loaded in the bottom of the 10th, and he grounds out. Go Angels. Uh, Angels lose two out of three uh, on, honestly, three really heartbreaking losses, or two really heartbreaking losses. Like, they were games you should win, and you don't. They played a playoff team really well. They did. There's depth to this lineup. Hunter Renfro showed up. Pablo Sandoval looks good. I think that's it. <laughs> like, shout out Notani or MVP candidates. What did we expect? They're, t- they're the best two players in baseball. Shohei Otani is elite. Mike Trout's elite. 
the thing you pointed out, like Tyler Anderson, right? Last year, he's with the Dodgers, has an absolute career year. And you can follow us on Twitter, which I do suggest. Um, you know, we're on Twitter. I tweet during the game, Angels, you literally have a formula of how to use him. Maybe try it next time. In 2022, Tyler Anderson was 38% fastball, 31% changeup, and 22% cutter. And if you look at his start, he was 45% fastball, 22% changeup, and 10% cutter. And he got hit hard. It's like, hey, if you're throwing this not-so-good pitch a lot, you're not going to succeed. And they're looking at this blueprint that was written for them and just ignoring to use it. I mean, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I, the Angels, there's still time. Uh, but they also need to strike while the iron's hot. And the Angels, or not the Angels, the Astros are floundering right now. Um, and if they came, if they came out guns a-blazing like we wanted them to, they'd be on top of the AL West. But not right now. Um, let's head over to the Red Sox-Tigers series, though. Um, Sox sweep the series. Um, and game one, they win at 6-7. Duvall breaks the tie in the sixth with a three-run bomb. Alex Cora. This is Alex Cora on Autumn Duvall. He's off to a great start. This is great because he's now hurt and not oh. off to a great start. Um, he was. Miggy's final home opener. He decides to uh, throw out the first pitch along with a bunch of other Detroit greats, but, you know, he didn't sing the national anthem or anything. Uh, Kenley Jansen gets his first save as a Red Sox, though, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Sox win the next game, though, 14-5. Devers homers twice. Hook throws five, two hits, uh, two earned runs. Uh, Tigers suck. Uh, game three, four to one Sox. Costas homers uh, and doubles, giving them half of their runs. Um, Red Sox pitch well with Crawford giving up one over five and no runs allowed um, by the bullpen. Um, Javi Baez is batting 121 on the season with a 293 OPS. He is already in midseason form. He was, after this, batting equivalent to Max Muncy after, after this game. So not anymore because Matt Muncie put one into the ocean, but it's fine. Well, the thing with Muncie is he walked. Like Max Muncie was hitting like That's 100. Fair. He was literally hitting 100, but he had like a 550 OPS because he had like a 400 on base percentage. Javi Baez doesn't walk. All he does is strike out. It really, <laughs> he's just not doing anything. He has an opt-out after this year, which he should definitely exercise for the futures of the Tigers, but he's not going to do that because it's a poor financial sure. decision. Um, the Tigers are not a good team, and the Red Sox have a – I think I did. I didn't reveal this on last episode, but I gave them a top 10 vote for offense. Mm. Okay. And, I mean, it showed up again. I don't know if I'm going to do that again this week because it was the Tigers, but okay. there's not much to take away from the series. The Tigers no, and Red Sox – the really Tigers not. aren't good. The Red Sox are mid, and yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Get some interleague games, Brad. Oh yeah, there were three interleague series, to my knowledge. Uh, I did not realize there was three until I until about two hours before this. Uh, we're gonna kick it off in San Francisco in the Bay. Game one, Alex Cobb and Brad Keller square off. Both pitch pretty well, but Alex Cobb outpitches him. But the Giants' offense is nowhere to be found. Giants leave seven on base, and the Royals win it three to one. Game two, excuse me, 
Sean Manaya is on the bump for the Giants. He looks fantastic. He's mixing up the fastball and changeup really well. Got eight strikeouts through six innings pitched. Good job. Giants get to Brady Singer in the fourth inning. Five runs off of him. Lamont Wade had a bomb. Michael Conforto, J.D. Davis, Tyro Shada, and Brandon Crawford all had two hits. Gabe Kapler goes into the seventh inning and puts in Ross Stripling, you know, the starter. And he pitches. Camilo Duvall comes in and he blows the lead. Aroldis Chapman gets the save. He's allowed no runs over four innings pitch with eight strikeouts, and the Royals win the game six to five. Game three, Chris Bubich comes out and he th- and he deals. He's been really good. Uh, there's been some nice tweets online about just the, everything that he's developed. He's pretty much changed the type of pitcher he is, and nine strikeouts over six innings pitched. Anthony Scalfani continues to mitigate the underwhelming Royals offense. Michael Conforto with a two-run bomb in the eighth, and the Giants win the game three to one. In games that the Giants win, they have an average of nine runs scored. But when they lose, it's about two runs. Uh, I mean, we made the joke that they only win on even days, which, you know, was wrong because they lost on an even day. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what Gabe was thinking, um, throwing in Ross Stripling. It was a decision. Mm-hmm. It was a decision that cost the Giants a game to the Royals. You lost a series, no, not even a game, a series to the Royals. That's the more important piece. Um, I, I mean, outside that, Manaya looked pretty good. I mean, that's a good thing. Um, big thing, Royals. Chapman looks really good. So you might be able to get a couple pieces for him if he keeps this up throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would not, I would not argue. I don't think anyone would argue against Chapman. You, you dealing Chapman because to be honest, you're probably not going to make the playoffs with how your offense is scuffling to start the season. Even if you are hitting well against the Giants, it is the San Francisco Giants. So, um, I mean, I'd say that there's not really much more to, to cover about this. I just wanted to mention that, like, we always cooked on the Royals for being behind the analytical curve, and they brought in a new pitching coach. They brought in a really, like, new staff overall. Obviously, it's not going on the offensive side, but a lot of their pitchers have made some pretty big changes. And it's shown like Chris Bubich, kind of an unknown pitcher. He's been really solid this year. Brady Singer's stuff is better. Obviously the results weren't there this game, but you know what? It's there. Zach Greinke is a bit better than he was last year. Uh, he's also a hall of famer. So there's that. Or oldest Chapman. Maybe it was New York syndrome, but he was, he's good again. Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, Dylan Coleman got hit a little bit hard the other day, but you know what? Good job, Royals. You beat the Giants in a series where you probably shouldn't have. No. Moving I mean, on if to I the... was a Giants fan, I'd be upset about it. Yeah, I, I would be too. I I'd be really disappointed in my team if I was a Giants fan and I lost a series yeah. to a team I should have beaten. Uh Pirates hosted the White Sox, and in game one, it was an absolute slugfest. Uh Lucas Giolito allows seven over forwardings pitch. He's not really walking anyone. Andrew McCutcheon gets a standing ovation upon his return. That was a great scene. Gets a single in that at bat. Uh, Rich Hill is yet to realize that it is not spring training. Um, and Brian Reynolds is popped, he pops off, and him and three other pirates get three plus hits. The pirates win 13 to nine. Game two, Vince Velasquez comes out the gate with no command. He faces off with Mike Clevenger, and both pitchers struggle. Pirates make it close in the fifth, bringing the score six to five White Sox, but the White Sox decide to score five in the seventh, winning the game 11 to five. Game three, Michael Kopech recovers from his rough first outing by going six strong, allowing one earned, but Johan Oviedo allows no earned over six and two thirds. Uh, there's the little replay 
a repeat of almost a really horrific play last year where the Pirates got a ground ball to the pitcher. They chased Javi Baez back. If you know the play, you know the play. But instead, he just flipped the ball to first like a competent human being would do. Storyline of the game, though, and really the series, is there's a play at the plate. Onyo Cruz slides into home, and it's a little bit of a late slide. And he's going for the front part of the plate. He collides with catcher Sebi Zavala. He fractures his ankle. He's screaming in pain. Sebi Zavala screams at O'Neill Cruz, who's again in the pain, in the pain, yes, on the ground in pain. Carlos Santana is pissed off, deservedly so. Bench is clear. Uh, I don't think any suspensions will be served out, but the big news is O'Neill Cruz, four months on the IAL with a fractured ankle. Pirates win the series two to one, but they lose a huge piece of their team. I mean, as far as as far as that, the play at the plate, yes, it was a late slide. He fractured his ankle. Obviously, you could see as soon as he went to go slide, something wasn't going to end well. Mm-hmm. It didn't end well. Sibis Zavali needs to, I guess, think a little more before he screams at someone on the ground in pain. Um, I understand. Yeah, it was a late slide. But, like, it wasn't like he trucked you or anything. Like it was a late slide into your ankle, it you still got him out. Like I don't, I don't understand yelling at the guy screaming in pain. If he came in trucking you, and then he hurt himself, I could understand you kind of yelling at him, being like, "Why would you do that?" He's a late slide. He slid in feet first, late slide. You don't got to yell at the guy. Benches end up clearing because Carlos Santana is sticking up for his young guy as he should. Um, outside of that, this is. I mean, Giolito sucks. Um, it's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you think we need to cover? I had one idea, but it just completely escaped my head. Oh, yes, there was a Sebi Zavala interview after the game where he was asked about, you know, did you do you know what happened? And he was like, well, what happened? It's like, oh, he fractured his ankle. He's like, oh, happens. It's baseball. That's not a good response. No, again. I hate the White Sox. The White Sox, and, and they're getting bit by the injury bug. Um, what, three out of their four young studs? I think the only one left is Luis Robert. He's Oscar not Colos. Oscar Colos. But, like, Robert's not, Robert's not hurt, and Colos isn't hurt. But, like, I think Moncada got something. Um, Tim Anderson's out for two weeks with a knee strain. And then, obviously, Eloy Jimenez is also out. Um, Permanently, because that's him. Yes. Um, but again, Brian Reynolds looks very good to start off the season. Just MVP candidate at this point in the season. And at this point, you got to make a decision if you're the Pirates. Is, are you going to trade him and get really nothing back in return? Or are you going to sign him for the long haul? Which I think everyone agrees you kind of need to sign him for the long haul. I think there, there's there been a lot of reports that they're very, very close to a deal. It's just his side wants an opt-out. Which feels fair. Yeah. I feel like is it is it he just wants a a player opt out? Yeah. Could they could they do a team or a mutual? Well, a mutual wouldn't benefit him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think if if you if it's like a ten year one and you do an opt out after like seven, that feels See, fair. The report I saw was seven years, a hundred and five million. Okay. So you'd opt out probably after. If if you're trying to make it somewhat fair, opt out after five. I would I would go earlier, but 
I but like the... I, I'm trying to I'm trying to find yeah, a yeah, middle yeah. ground because the Pirates are gonna want you for five years. They yeah. want you for all seven, but give them five. You have two years that you can work with. Yeah. And then final series, Cubs Rangers game one. Marcus Stroman has another really good performance. Rangers offense gets shut down. Michael Fomer comes in relief for the final two innings, slams the door with front door two seamers, uh, freezes Rangers hitters. Cubs win game one, two nothing. Game two, Taylor Hearn in relief for the Texas Rangers gets shelled. Uh, Justin Steele didn't pitch great, but he does enough because the offense put up 10 runs as the Cubs win 10 to three. In game three, Jameson Tyone strikes out seven. Allows five. Javier Assad does not impress in the bullpen. Marcus Semyon and Bubba Thompson and Jonah Heim all have good days at the yard. So the Rangers avoid a sweep, winning eight to two, but the Cubs take the series two to one. I mean, is this a better testament to what the Rangers are or what the Cubs are? I feel like it's a better, I think it's a better testament to what the Cubs are, but I'm also higher on the Cubs. So I could see it either way. Right? I mean, Stroman. Stroman looks very good so far throughout this season. Um, I saw a couple tweets he had, um, and he gave a little girl um, a glove. Yeah, that's a little heart, like because her mom tweeted out about, "Hey, could I buy a glove off of you?" And he was like, "Nope." Next time you're at the park, shoot me a tweet, and I'll come out with a glove. Um, and then they were there. He she had a sign. He went met with them, gave him the glove, and he had little purple stripes on it. And he thought she'd like that. Blah blah blah. Again, Mark Stroman's a good guy. He's a good baseball player throughout so far throughout the season. Through his career, he's been a pretty good baseball player. He's 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 the type of guy you want on your pitching staff and you want in your clubhouse. And I think right now he is showing the I I like the Cubs. They are I I don't know they're not clicking on all cylinders quite yet, and their pitching staff still needs a little work, like we talked about. But their offense is there, and it's clicking pretty good. Danzy Swanson looks very good to start the season. Um. That's a huge piece it's, for them. That was their big offseason signing. Exactly. And I mean, I don't I don't know. The the Rangers, I did the Rangers were not the 14 runs a game against the Phillies, but I also don't know if they are a what three to two, three to eight run team either. I don't know. I don't know where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um I I think I think I I'm higher on the Cubs, so for me, it's it's what the Cubs can be, and I'm excited to to keep watching this Cubs team. I think the thing with the Cubs is it's not going to be – they're not going to win the division. It's, it's whether they can get a wild card spot. I don't even know if it's that. I think it's can they be competitive enough so next year they're ready. When Pete Carom shrugs up. Are they is like is the front office? We talked about this reverse rebuild that they've been performing. Is the front office going to be like, all right, we've seen enough. We'll spend a little bit more money. You're going next year. And if they can put themselves in that situation, great. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I like I like I like David Ross. So I think he's a good he's a good coach. He's the guy you kind of want at the helm. Um, You have the pieces. You have some of the pieces, not all of the pieces. I think if they want to compete next season they need to do what the rangers did and go out and sign only pitching that's the only position they go out and really sign i mean obviously they'll be without cody bellinger and maybe eric cosmer because i think they have been seen for a couple years if i remember off the top of my head two years he's an opt-out yeah so go out get pitching that's your that's your top orioles too go out get pitching 
Number one priority. Yeah. If they can do that, they're a somewhat confident team that could probably win the NL Central next year, depending on how things shake out. Still a lot more at play. I'm not saying go out and get a Shohei Otani because they're the Cubs. They're not going to do that. But go out, sign some good bullpen pieces, and sign a C-tier starting pitcher. All right. So, Stevs, we've been hinting at it oh, for God. a couple of times. It is our first playoff simulator. And as Tom is not here, we're not going to be able to have a split vote. So it's just up to you. You are going to okay. be running this simulator today. You, you got to tell you got to tell me your opinion too, though. After I after. will after you make yours. That's fine. All right. So I am just writing out the series right now. All right. So your first AL wildcard series will be the Texas Rangers hosting the Toronto Blue Jays. Give me the Blue Jays. That's not even a debate. All right. Other series: Yankees Twins. Three game series, right? Yep. As they're constructed right now, saying the playoffs started tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because the Yankees don't have the pitching staff, I think, necessary to win a five-game series. But do they have enough to win the seven-game series is the question. Or a three-game series, sorry. Mm-hmm. And I think the Twins do, but do they have the offense to back it up? Gonna, I, have my, I, think, I have my pick. I think it'll be an upset. I think the Twins take it. Twins finally beat the Yankees in the postseason. All right. Twins versus Rays. Rays. That's not a debate. All right. And then we got Blue Jays versus Guardians. Ooh, that's a good series. I like, I've like. i liked what I've seen from both teams so far this season. But I don't like the pitching staff of the Blue Jays. So give me the Guardians. All right, heading over to the NL first wild card series. We got the Diamondbacks hosting the Padres. Padres. No All matter right. how much I like the Diamondbacks, I can't. I can't do it. The Padres are too good. And then the other series, the Pirates hosting the Dodgers. And it's the Dodgers. I knew. I I, I want to pick the Pirates. Me, we've talked about it, but there's no there's no way, especially with O'Neill Cruz now out. All right, second series, we have the Padres going off against the Atlanta Braves. We just saw the series. We just saw it, so I think it'll play out pretty similarly. So give me the Padres. All right, and then we got the Brewers versus the Dodgers. Ooh, the Brew Crew. And with how Corbin's pitching right now, I I don't know if they could take it, but Urias has looked good. Kershaw's look good. Vessi has not looked good. Syndergaard didn't look good in his last start. He's probably somewhere in between. Give me the give me the Dodgers. Hmm. Dodgers win a playoff series. All right. ALCS. Rays versus Guardians. You gotta go Rays. All right. NLCS. Dodgers Padres. Give me the Padres. All we all right. know who's gonna win next. Rays versus Padres. It's the Rays. All right. Our week one postseason simulation via Matthew Stevens, a.k.a. Stevs. Your Rays are the 2023 World Series champions. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We'll be back in your feeds on Friday recapping 
the midweek series, and we'll be dropping our weekly power rankings. If you want to interact with us at all, all social medias will be in the link in the description below. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating, a review, sharing this with a friend. We appreciate it all. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. See you.